Hello there, old and new friends. Welcome to Divine Musing, episode 34, Conquering King. I am Destiny Rambo Corey, and I am so thankful that you have joined me for this journey into scripture, literature, poetry, and prayer as we view them through the light of transformation and growth. Here's something I've been thinking about lately. We will begin and end our musing today with quotes by C.S. Lewis. For this is what it means to be king, to be first in every desperate attack and last in every desperate retreat. And when there's hunger in the land, as must be now and then in bad years, to wear finer clothes and laugh louder over a scantier meal than any man in your land. Many years ago, I was visiting my best friend in Oxford, England, while she attended university there. We spoke a little bit about that trip and the experience that I had in a previous musing, um, but one of the other days that I was there, she had classes for most of the afternoon and was able to get me into the Weston Library at the university so I could wander and study and read while she was in her classes. It was like a magical wonderland. To this day, I wish I could remember the name of the book I read where I uncovered the revelation we're gonna talk about today. Keep in mind, I had a stack of probably 12 to 15 books that I wanted to scroll through and I was diving through them like all at the same time, like a ravenous mouse in a bowl full of cheese. Um, I had books on ancient European history and literature and poetry and biographies of different writers and a couple books on uh, mummies and Egyptian history and archeology span um, and several books about different facets of the scriptures. In one of the books about the history of time in the Old Testament, there was a chapter on the ancient art of warfare and the transfer of power when one king would conquer another. In ancient biblical times, kings would have these large emblems embroidered into the train of their robe that symbolized the kingdom they were ruling over. These crests were so ornate and often really heavy due to the amount of thread work that they entailed. As part of a ceremony of the transition of authority, the new king would remove the train of the former king's robe and have it sewn into the end of his own robe. Some scholars have posed that they would use the former king's beard hairs to sew uh, the trains together, but that has never been fully confirmed. It was just super weird to read that. Um, other scholars have brought up the idea that the thread that sewed the trains together was dipped in the blood of the conquered king. Um, however, it was attached the symbology of that moment was massive. When the new conquering king took over, he not only received the train of the robe representing the kingdom the defeated king was currently reigning over, but he took the entirety of his train. Every single kingdom that that king had previously conquered now belonged to the conquering king. Most of the time, the king wouldn't even wear the train of his robe outside of the throne room because of the weight of the garment, especially if he was the ruler of many kingdoms. In Isaiah chapter 6, beginning at verse 1, it says, 
In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw in a vision the Lord sitting on a throne, high and exalted, with the train of his royal robe filling the most holy part of the temple. Above him, seraphim, heavenly beings, stood. Each one had six wings. With two wings, he covered his face. With two wings, he covered his feet. And with two wings, he flew. And one called out to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the foundations of the threshold trembled at the voice of him who called out, and the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of ceremonially unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Listen carefully. This has touched your lips. Your wickedness, your sin, your injustice, your wrongdoing is taken away and your sin atoned for and forgiven. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. I've heard this passage preached so many ways and from many different angles from the time I was a child. It really is a rich vision and worth all of that kind of depth and study. But the one thing that no one has ever touched on, at least in sermons that I heard, was the verses referencing the train of his robe. If any mention of it was made at all, it was in a way that sort of seemed like it was this poetic swirling of the beauty of the throne room, not a literal phenomenon. As I read the passages about ancient kings in that reading room in Oxford, I began to just weep. As the passages unveiled the story of these conquered kings and the fate of the train of their robes, I had this aha moment so intense that I exclaimed loudly, sweet Jesus, and then I, of course, apologized profusely for my outburst in the library. Um, but when I poured over these pages describing the train of these king's robes, it was like the spirit of Isaiah was in the room with me, whispering, now you can see what I saw. The train of his robe filling the temple was not just some poetic painting of words. It was literal. In Revelation 16, we hear another vision of Christ, this time through John. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who was riding it is called Faithful and True, Trustworthy, Loyal, Incorruptible, Steady, and in righteousness he judges and wages war on the rebellious nations. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many royal crowns. And he has a name inscribed on him which no one knows or understands except himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, dressed in fine linen, dazzling white and clean, followed him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, his word with which he may strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, 
and he will tread the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty in judgment of the rebellious world. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has the name inscribed, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. When I think of all the things that weigh me down in this life, family situations, financial situations, health issues, and every other kind of anchor that tries to pull me under and shield my eyes from hope, I am reminded of Isaiah's vision of the train of his robe. Within that train are embroidered the heavy crests of every kingdom in every dimension, every sickness and ailment has its place on that robe. Every kind of heartache, disappointment, and failure has its place on that robe. Family members' names of people we believe to have lost are embroidered in that train. Everything that we could ever need has already been conquered by our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The enemy of our soul wants to blind us with worry and fear and shame, to pull us under the weight of our struggles so much that we lose sight of the fact that the battle has been fought and the victory is already won. We spoke in our previous musing about the riches that are in the glory and lifting up our eyes to see them. When we look into that realm of glory and see the swirling of the riches of heaven around us, what we really are seeing is the train of his robe floating around us like a magic carpet that beckons us to go for a ride. I pray that this musing meets you where you are today and brings a hope that you might have lost. When I was nine years old, I went swimming in the ocean and I got caught in this horrible undertow. Everything was spinning and I couldn't find my way up. My lungs were all but empty of air and I seriously thought I was going to die until someone reached into the water, grabbed me by my hair, pulled me up and set me free. Hopelessness is so much like that riptide, draining us of everything we have left until we just surrender to its depths. I hope that the vision of the train of our conquering king can pull you out of the madness, by your hair too, if it must, and give you the peace that comes with the knowledge that your victory has already happened and all you have to do is look up, reach in, and claim it. If you are caught in the riptide of hopelessness and desperate to know that divine is taking care of you, then why don't we take a minute and pray this prayer together? Divine Creator, we are so grateful today for the vision of Isaiah and the revelation of the train of your robe. You are our conquering King, and we celebrate your victories today. We choose to no longer be burdened by the weight of our problems, but to enter into your throne room and to celebrate the fact that you have already conquered every kingdom in every realm and every dimension. We can rest in your victory and trust in your perfect timing for that victory to manifest itself in our lives. We have lived too long being impressed by the size of our problems and losing sight of the greatness of our King. Meet us in our frailties and grant us a vision of the train of your robe that swirls all around us and inside of us, your living temples. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. I will leave you with a short excerpt from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. Aslan is a lion, 
the lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan, I'd thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. I hope this musing has given you a little something to think about too. Thank you so much for joining me today for Divine Musing. For more information, head over to www.rambocory.com. I would love to connect with you on social media. You can find me at facebook.com forward slash destiny makes music or on Instagram and Twitter at Des Rambo Music.